Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse's not in today. He's on a trip. But we have Father Charles Murr and my good friend, Dr. Ed Mazza, joining us today. Our topic is going to be Cardinal Menzenti and the recovery of heroic Christian virtue. Why do I say that? Because what a great saint. He's not canonized yet, but his cause is up. And he's also incorruptible. When his body was exhumed for the cause, his body was incorrupt. Good sign. Also, we're going to talk about Blessed Carl of Austria, and he's continuing to inspire young Catholics. Why am I doing this? Because I want to inspire you in this time of confusion in the church. I can talk about all the craziness in the church. This is the, they're going to look back at our time in history and go, what were those people drinking? What were they smoking? Because they weren't all there. Well, that's what we have for today. And also, I just want to uh, encourage you, our listener, to pass these shows on. Also, through the uh, internet, by going to our vmpr.org. Also, I've got Father Charles Murr's book, Murder in the 33rd Degree, uh, the Gagnon Investigation into the Vatican about Freemasonry. We still have books on that. We still have Bishop Snyder's book, uh, The Springtime That Never Came. I want you to read good books. The one I really like is Bishop Snyder's book, The Catholic Mass, Steps to Restoring the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. Them, you know, Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. So uh, we also need to be praying. Uh, I want to encourage you to listen to Raymond Royal's show last Thursday with Bishop Athanasius Snyder, who we have on once a month. And uh, he did a great job explaining the synodal problems that we've been talking about here with Cardinal Muir, Cardinal Mueller and others, Bishop Snyder and others that are pointing out the problems with it. So we need to continue to pray for Holy Mother of the Church. Father Murr should be joining us any minute, but I'm going to read the Gospel today. Uh, this is the Gospel according to Luke chapter 12, verse 54 to 59. Jesus said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say immediately that it's going to rain. And so it does. And when you notice that the wind is blowing from the south, you say it's going to be hot. And so it is. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance on earth and the sky. Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? If you are to go with your opponent before a magistrate, make an effort to settle the matter on the way. Otherwise, your opponent will turn to you over to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the constable, and the constable throw you into prison. I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love that theme. Is You know, you know how to interpret the appearance of, of earth and sky why don't you know how to interpret the present time? Well, I consider that present time is present time of confusion. How do we interpret anything going on in the church right now as not being conf with confusion and not confirming us in our faith? I think that we need to be praying. Like last night we were in church praying for the bishops, the pope, every Thursday night at our chapel before the Eucharistic throne of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what we do. Why? Because that's what we can do. I'm not in management. I'm in sales. 
And so when I see our leaders not confirming us in our faith, my response is to pray for them, but also call out the, the, the errors that they're doing. For example, you know, the error of who should receive Holy Communion. We know better what, I mean, you don't have, you could be a second grader. Cardinal Renzi said that. They know who should be receiving Holy Communion. If you're in objective mortal sin, you, sh- you don't receive. So if you're saying that, you know, you're living in a, uh, you know, a uh, uh, extraordinary mar- marriage uh, where you're not in your, you're not with your wife, you're with another woman, obviously you don't receive Holy Communion. I can't believe how many times I have to tell people that don't do it. Anyhow, that's what we got for the gospel. I want to bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Oh, Sheen ahead. So many people tell me, what is it that about, what's that Bishop Sheen would get 14,000 letters a day when he was on television in the 1950s? When he had his television show, millions of people would be watching him. And here's what he has to say about that. He says, when I stand up to talk, People listen to me. They will follow what I have to say. Is it any power of mine? Question mark. No, of course not. St. Paul says, What have you that you have not received? And you have received. Why do you glory as if you had not? Bishop Sheen says, But the secret of my power, here it is, everybody, drum roll, is that I've never in 55 years missed spending an hour in the presence of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. That's where the power comes from. That's where sermons are born. That's where every good thought is conceived. Now, I say that because we know that we talk about making visits to the Blessed Sacrament. Think about what's going on in the church today, and you say, what can I do? I can make reparation, Eucharistic uh, adoration. Remember in 1916, the angel appeared with the Blessed Sacrament in the air and taught the Fatima children to make prayers of reparation and sacrilege. Think of what was going on in 1916 and then take a look at 2022. We got a whole lot of reparation to make for the church right now and for people. And I continue to say that, as you know, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. So rather than getting upset about the crummy things that are going on in the church, you know, we got appointments that are being made and high officials who are secular humanists or for a pro-abortion or pro-homosexuality and they're put into the Vatican. I mean, you know, you almost kind of say, what are we trying to do here? Destroy the church from the inside? Yeah, we've tried that before in 2,000 years. It doesn't work. I think of the Arian heresy of the 4th century. And, uh, you know, that's what we, we can say. We can pray for Holy Mother, the Church, that we will be faithful to her by the perennial teachings of the Church. I've not said this before, but I'll say it now. A bishop friend of mine told me that, you know, as he was preaching the perennial teachings of the Church, he got called on the carpet for it. What? Yeah. The nuncio, which is the, you know, per particular country you're in, will come to you if you have problems. He'll say, hey, knock it off. Can't do this, you know, stop your liturgical abuses. I hope he does that. But this time he went to my friend, the bishop, and says, knock it off. There are no perennial teachings of the church. See how scandalous that is? He should know better. The bishop should know better, the nuncio. But these are the days we're in, and this is why I want to hold up as a model to the church 
Cardinal Joseph Manzeni. And I don't know if I've told you this, but 40 years ago, I used to record the Cardinal Manzeni conferences, and it was a very good organization. I don't even know if they still exist here because I don't hear from them. But think about this. Many voices in the contemporary church call for Christians, right, for us to accompany and dialogue with those who are opposed to the gospel message. You know, let's just dialogue. Well, all too often, this becomes an accommodation with the spirit of our times. I always say it this way. Who's influencing who? The church or the world? And let's look at our church right now. Who's influencing the church? The church ain't influencing the world. Think about it. We need to turn that around. So this entails making common sense cause uh, to say, okay, we're going we're gonna to make a stand. And I love what C.S. Lewis called the poison of subjectivism. Instead of a steadfast fidelity to the cardinal virtues of courage, temperance, prudence, and justice, and the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, we see a disturbing desire. This is it. This is nailing. He's nailing it. As a part of many Christians, including many in positions of great authority of the church, it's simply a saying to reduce the faith to a humanitarian moral message and to what Pope Benedict called the dictatorship of relativism. I think that just said it all. Now, this is an article in Catholic World Report. I highly recommend that you read it. Uh, there's an 800-page book coming out through Ignatius Press. You can get that from them. But this highly ideological substitute for authentic faith and right reason is difficult for many to discern because it goes far beyond heresy in a specific sense of the term. In truth, this new religion of humanity entails a deposition of the soul that profoundly falsifies the good. Wow, am I hitting hard? You know why? Because it's true. And more than a whiff of false and deadly promises of the Antichrist about it. It is indeed the idol of our age and perhaps more dangerous than any heresy of old. This is a powerful article. I agree with him. He said, One candidate that further studied reflection was the venerable Joseph Cardinal Manzani. He lived from 1892 to 1975. Father Murr met him in the early 70s. He was a stalwart witness for truth and liberty. This man stood like no one. I remember uh, reading his life story and going, man, this guy is a model for us today in the church when it comes to persecution. He's a defender of liberty and of human dignity in an age of totalitarianism. Wow, wait till we hear more about Father, Father uh, Cardinal Joseph Benzenti with Father Charles Murr. We'll talk a little bit more when we come back. Stay with us. Guess what happened when they raised the body out of the grave for Cardinal Manzani? The body was incorrupt. That might have a sign. But we'll chat more about Cardinal Manzani and how it applies to us today in the Catholic Church. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse's out on the road. Father Murr, we're trying to get him through from Europe, where he's at, trying to call him 
and Dr. Ed will be calling in and halfway through the hour. We're talking about Cardinal Menzenti. I hope many of you have heard of him, but you should Google his life story. This man was arrested constantly for speaking out for the truth of the gospel. And you had communists, you had um, liberals after him. I mean, if he was alive today, he would be a great model. If I had someone like him, it would be like a, a, a Vigano, or Archbishop Vigano. That would be the, uh, an analogy of Cardinal Menzenti. Now, he was first arrested in 1919 by the liberal, radical, Republican government and was rearrested later that year and just, you know, had a short-lived terroristic communist revolution government that took care of it, took, got him out. Cardinal Manzani forthrightly defended the Christian vision of Hungary and remained loyal to his Catholic teachings. And he just held on to, you know, he just said, you know what? Um, Cardinal Manzani was committed, he's loyal, and no matter what the government was going to do to him, he just said, well, you got to do what you got to do, I'll do what I have to do. So he was um, an amazing man. He he also uh, he also did some things regarding the homegrown National Socialism of Hungary in the second half of the 1930s. Of German descent himself, he spoke excellent German. He despised um, racism in all of its forms. He studied the writings of the Nazis, uh, so he was very well versed on all this all these problems. And the Holy Father was really behind him at the time of, that he was around because he was standing up for the truth. Now, during the war, when many ethnic Germans in Hungary were Germanizing their names in sympathy with the Third Reich, <laughs> yeah, it's, nothing's changed, man. You know, the government wants you to do this. Hey, you mean that I get more funding? Okay, I'm that way. Why don't you tell me what you want? I'll let you know. Manzeni adopted a Hungarian name taken from the name of his native village. So he uh, was fiercely resisting the Nazis and the communists, both. In speeches delivered June 6, 1944, he made clear that baptized Jews were as Christians as other members of the church and that the natural law demanded that no man be denied his life or liberty. So he defended life, whether Jew or Greek, whatever. We're all, we're all made in the image and likeness of God. And for that, he was thrown in jail again. And uh, Menzeni proclaimed that the deportation of the Hungarian Jews, almost certainly death, was a violation of natural law. So he was formed by St. Thomas Aquinas. This is why Cardinal Menzeni is a model for us. We've got to go back to the fundamentals in the Catholic faith today. That's really what's working for us now. We can't go to you know, what's new. Uh, because what's new right now, many people are giving us things that are not consistent with the perennial teachings of the church, the Ten Commandments. In addition, he saw an appeal to a race, uh, to a, as a, um, to, he saw an appeal that people were looking for a false god and man. By the fall of 1944, he was arrested again, and this time uh, they nailed him for just speaking out for the gospel. These post-war years, Manzani courageously defended political, religious liberty. That's what we have to be doing right now, courageously. That's why I'm going to be on the cuff right now. I, I'm, I talk to a lot of Catholic radio stations. Only a few will take our shows. Why? Because they said that 
they're not going to be able to get along with their local bishop because we are saying things that, yes, they agree with, but politically it would be a death wish for them to put what we're doing on the air. Now, Stations of the Cross and others, other stations, about 50 of them are putting us on, and they take a risk. But you know what? It's a risk to proclaim the gospel. And that's one of the reasons we do what we do. Now, by 1948, all the opposition parties were essentially crushed, and uh, Manzini used the Marian year in 1947 to 48 to renew the spiritual fiber of his people in Hungary and resist the darkening shadows of totalitarianism. He could count on the full support of Pope Pius XII, who saw the communist totalitarian precisely for what it was, right? Contrary to the Catholic faith. But on December 26th, 1948, on St. Stephen's Day, the Hungarian secret police arrested Cardinal Manzani. See, I'm giving you these stories. Why? Because, hey, if they arrest me because of my pro-life work or for my pro-gospel stuff on the radio, hey, don't feel bad. I'm going to be a happy soul because, you know what? I'm going to tell them, look, I'm 65 years old. You think I'm going to change? No. I'm going to proclaim the gospel. So whatever you got to do, do it, dude. You want to shoot me? Shoot me. But whatever it's going to be, because I know that I am striving to live in the state of grace and to live the Catholic faith and proclaim it. And if they want to you know, do that to me, God have mercy on them, that's all. So the secret police comes in and arrests Cardinal Manzani after weeks of subsequent tortures and abuse. Yeah, they tortured him, physical and psychological. Check this out. You know what they did to him? Because he was the model for the people in Hungary. On a Friday... Remember, we don't eat meat on Friday. This was 1948. They, they starve, they're starving him to death, right? But what do they do to tease him? They bring in a big steak dinner. And they say, hey, Cardinal Mazzetti, you celebrate. He said, go ahead and have a nice meal. But he knew it was Friday. And he knew that the communists and those people were going to use this to show the Catholics that, hey, look, you're Cardinal Mazzetti. He's compromised. He's eating meat on Fridays. And he had the tenacity to say, no, I'm not going to eat this. See, this is what we're called to, heroic virtue. See, we can't be just, you know, middle of the road, whatever feels good. No, the saints tell us just the opposite. And Cardinal Manzani, you know, I mean, he died in 1975, the year I graduated from high school. So he's, you know, it's not that long ago. He... He's an amazing man. This bishop, uh, you know, and then the Hungarian bishops, they decided to abandon him, just like in, you know, the Reformation years with Henry, John Henry Fisher and how most of the bishops compromised and said, oh, we'll go along with the government. That happened, except Manzani said, no, I'm willing to die for my Catholic faith. Demonstrations, while he was in, 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 in uh, prison for all these years, People started realizing what was going on. And these demonstrations were held in Rome, Paris, Dublin. St. Pope Pius spoke forcefully of Cardinal Manzini's behalf. This could be compared with Pope Francis's shame, refusal to defend Cardinal Zen. I'm sorry, I have to say that. Yes! 
Cardinal Pope, Pope Francis should have defended Cardinal Zen against the communist totalitarians. In America, quite a few schools were named after Cardinal Manzani, and he was for a time the hero in the free world. I want people to know more about him. Now, he was sentenced to life in prison, but all the, you know, people praying, praying for him, Menzetti was finally freed during the Hungarian Revolution of October, November of 1956. He spoke briefly to the nation and the world by radio on November 3rd, 1956. Shortly before the Red Army re-entered Budapest to crush the noble anti-totalitarian government. Wow. Uh, his speech was dignified and his message was clear of one of, of consolidation, balance, and patience. But later the regime would falsely claim that Menzeni had called, are you ready for this? He, he called, you know... <laughs> This is what they do, a restoration of the church, old agricultural lands. In fact, the cardinal had only quite reasonably called for the restoration of schools, newspapers, hospitals, and charitable organizations. There was nothing reactionary about his, com his comments. But the communists, they said, no, you're still our number one enemy. And see, as the Soviet tanks rolled in, Menzeni, at the advice of the, of, uh, the premier, took refuge in the American um, American studies, you know, where the, uh, where the American uh, place was where we had our little state in, in uh, Budapest, okay? So they would remain there for 15 years, and he lived a, a, a life of, of uh, penance and praying for his country and the world. So he had diplomatic uh, immunity at the American place there. Now, it was when Cardinal Manzani wrote his memoirs, and he finally got those published the year before he died in 1974. I read them. It's powerful. You can read them. This is why I'm giving this, because I want you to be inspired. I, you know, we talk a lot about the problems. Let's talk about some of the saints who had similar situations with persecution, who have stood up to the Catholic, you know, stood up and said, yes, yeah, the American embassy, you're right. That's where, thank you, someone just sent that to me. The American embassy stayed for 15 years. But why are we bringing him up right now? Because he is a model for us. You know, we can say, oh, no, things are just so bad. No, we got to stand up for Christ. we got to take it on the chin if that's what it means to stand up there, and that's what we do. So he was the, he actually went to Southern California in 1974 to the Norbertines. I wasn't there, but I saw the monument there. And if I get Father Murr on the phone from Europe, um, he's going to tell a story of how he met Cardinal Menzeni. And uh, I hate to say this, and I'll just leave it on this. Maybe Dr. Ed will be coming on in a few minutes. But as Cardinal Menzeni, in the later part of his life, I, he got, you know, undermined by the church, just like many of us today are getting undermined by the church when we proclaim the fidelity of the teachings of the church. We're, taught, we're called right wing. Well, uh, I'll tell you what Father Merce said when he met Cardinal Manzani in the early 1970s. Father Murr was a seminarian, and many people were there. Since I can't get him on the air, I'm going to take the liberty of telling you what he said to me, what the Cardinal said to him. 
And again, this is a man of a model for us today because we have persecution in the church. But unfortunately, most of the persecution is coming from inside the church and the world. And Cardinal Manzani had both also from the persecution of the church inside. And I think that my comment that there's never been a saint that hasn't been persecuted by the church. Look at Padre Pio. So when you get criticized by some officials in the church for being too rigid regarding the teachings of the church, you know, you actually believe in the Ten Commandments. Tell them that's okay. I, I can take that on the chin. It's all for Jesus. All right, we come back. Dr. Ed Mazza will be with us. I'm still trying to get Father Murr on, and we'll look forward to having Dr. Ed Mazza talk a little bit more about another great saint, Blessed Carl of Austria. He's continuing to inspire Catholics long after his death in the 1920s. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Well, you got a big smile on my face. I see my good friend, Father Charles Murr. I see that you've had some issues with storms out there where you're at. But Father Murr, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Terry, thank you very much. I'm so sorry. No I'm so sorry. Ah, you know what? You know what I say? God's will. This is, I really mean this. I'm a big promoter of a Jesuit. Yes, his name is Pierre de Cassade. His, Pierre de Cassade wrote a book, Abandonment to Divine Providence. He says that God's will is manifested moment by moment as long as we stay faithful to our duties and our state in life. So God allowed that storm to interrupt our and, and as long as And as long as God doesn't send storms. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, it. but here I am. Here I am for what it's worth. Here I am. Well, I, want, I was just talking about this article about Cardinal Manzani. I just just to review, I see him as a real model for the for the church today. We're into persecution both ends, Father. We've got persecution from the world, but I I consider we have persecution from inside the church also. I'm being quite frank about that. And to stay focused on these perennial teachings of the church, it's not easy, but we need to be, you know, we have models like Cardinal Joseph um Manzanti. And I think you personally told me today that you met Cardinal Manzani in St. Peter's Square, and I'd love to hear uh, what your thoughts are, and um, yeah, we, I'll turn it over to you. Sure, I, I, I met him. When was, when, was, when was he told to leave Hungary? Early, early 71 or two? I, I can't remember. Early 70s. Well, it, was, it, it, it must have been 72 or, 72 or 73, mm-hmm. I think, but I met him in St. Peter's Square. Okay. A, a group of us were in St. Peter's Square. He had just finished, uh, uh, I believe, he had just finished having an audience with Paul VI. Yes. I may be wrong on that, but we met him in St. Peter's Square, and he told he told us, uh, and I'll, I, I won't forget it, mm-hmm. he said, what the, what the Vatican has put me through right now, I would prefer to to go through what the communists put me through. Well, that's a, that's again statement. Right? Yeah, that was very strong because they 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 the communists. You know, Terry, I've got to tell you this. Tell me, if you know anything about Cardinal Mincenti, he was Pope Pius the twelfth. Pope Pius the twelfth knew how to pick cardinals. He he knew how to pick them, and he wanted them to be serious men. 
very unlike what we have today. That's true. I'm sorry for no, saying that's a so. fact. Very just unlike, a, but just a fact. They were they they were. I told you the the pious the twelfth with with one of the cardinals. Yes. Who came to complain about him, and he'd run away from persecution. I yes. won't say who it is, and get into that. But pious the twelfth refused to to admit him. Just just as as Pope Francis refused to admit uh, uh, Cardinal Cardinal. Uh, uh, um, oh, for goodness sake. Yeah, you mean the cardinal in China right now. Yes, we talked yes. about him earlier. Sure. In, instead of accepting him, he yeah. let him stay outside on yes. a chair for three days. Yes. Well, Pius XII did the same thing yeah. because this cardinal ran away from persecution and possible martyrdom. Yeah. And he sent to ask him, what do you think you're dressed in red for? Yeah, you think you be. Right? Yeah. And now, Mincenti, Mincenti stayed all of those years faithful to the church and to the present. He wanted to be the presence of the Hungarian church in Hungary. Yep. And he remained there in the American embassy for all those years. Yep. Before he was taken to the embassy or admitted by the embassy, they dressed the man as a clown. The communists yep. they beat dressed him. him as a clown, yep. painted his face, put him in clown's clothing and had a, a, a Stalin show trial for him. Wow. Now, can you can you imagine the humiliation? Yeah, they beat him. You know, you know who Terry? Yeah. You know who I you know who I think of immediately? Who's that? Modern day Cardinal Pell. There you go. Uh, they they did the same thing to yeah, him. Put him on. When trial. I saw Cardinal when I saw Cardinal Pell, an absolute innocent man, absolutely innocent. There's no question about it. Having to walk through crowds, jeering, spitting, uh, name calling him, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. What these men have suffered for the faith, and you see others, you see others who haven't suffered too darn much. No, no, they're winning. They, no. They've won with the world. That's why they're not suffering. Yeah. That's but you know Cardinal Mincenti was an outstanding yeah. man. Outstanding. Didn't didn't Bishop Sheen say if you want to get advice, go to someone who suffered for the faith? He said. He said. He said. And I took this. I took this very much to heart yeah, in did. most of my priestly life. Yeah. He said, if you want a good, yes, he said that. But he also said. If you want a good spiritual director, yeah. a good confessor and spiritual director, go to someone who is A, older, and B, has suffered much. Amen. Right? Because they get it. Yep. They'll get it. By, naturally, they'll get it. Right? Sure. And he's he's right. He's absolutely right. Yep. No, the, when, when was he wrong? When was Sheen wrong? No, no. We, we just, Father, we talked about it before you came on. The quote about the holy hour, the daily holy hour, when he said, why do people listen to me? It's not me. It's because I spend time with our Lord. This is the key to being another Christ to the world. We have to have our time with our Lord. So I think that that is something that both both of us have taken heed. I mentioned last night, we were praying for you, Father, on Thursdays, be all the priests, bishops, and the Pope. Every Thursday night before the Blessed Sacrament, we say God prayers for our clergy. Why? Because they need it, especially in these times where, Father, I'm going to be quite frank, guys like you and Bishop Strickland and Bishop Snyder, they are persecuted because they're willing to speak up about the truths of the gospel at a time where it's not politically correct. They want people like you to be quiet. Even people in the church don't talk about these things. Like, for example, I'm just going to call it on a side note. He wrote a book, Murder in the 33rd Degree. I think now it's in other languages. I think it's in Spanish and other languages. Father, yes. this book, uh, I'm sure many people in the church today wish you would have never put this into print. 
Am I right? I've already, I, Terry, I'm going to tell you something, not, not to make myself the martyr because I'm not the martyr, okay? Right. But as so, no sooner did that book come out, yeah. and it had, thank God, it's been very successful. Thank, thank God. You. But uh, the attacks, yeah. the attacks came. The oh, attacks came. They, they, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And many of the attacks by good Catholic people. Yeah, of course. Well, Father, Amazing. because what you're doing right now is... Uh, is something that only a handful of people in the church are doing. But Father, what would what encouraging words would you have as Cardinal Manzani stood for the perennial teachings of the church? He was persecuted by not only the communists and the government there, but also he got persecuted by inside the church. How can we see him as a model for us today? Look, let me let me just say a half word about betrayal. Okay. Okay. Uh, betrayal is the worst suffering that I think anybody can go through. Mm. Any, any, any husband or wife who has been betrayed by his or her spouse yeah. understands that perfectly well. Oh, yeah. People who have a, a friend who's been betrayed by a friend seriously understands it's terrible because what you're doing is you're killing the person while leaving that person alive. You're killing them in life. All right. It's, it's a terrible thing. Um, uh, something else that has to be said the very word betrayal listen to this is very important only a friend can betray you well said yep an enemy cannot betray nope. you no nope. who cares only only a friend can betray so it's a verb that's distinguished by friendship yep only a friend can betray and the betrayal that christ felt wasn't the betrayal of the romans wasn't even the betrayal of the jews it was the betrayal of Judas. Yes. This, I mean, this was this was this was terrible. One of the great spiritual writers, a French, it's a Frenchman. I can't recall his name right now, but I remember reading him years ago. He he proposed, and quite seriously, he did a very good job of it writing that the suffering, the anguish that Christ went through in the agony in the garden, the agony that he suffered, was actually because of Judas's betrayal. Wow. More than anything else, one of his own bishops betrayed him. One of the first bishops. Yes. Um, anyway, this, these betrayals, which are the worst kind of of, of, of suffering that that kill and leave you alive, mm -hmm. are happening within our church to people within our church. This is what's what's so horrible about it. You know, I think for Cardinal Mincenti, it was easier. He was betrayed by the communists. Yeah. He was betrayed by the Marxists. But we are betrayed. We are be being betrayed by bishops, we are. by cardinals. We are. We are. I won't go any further. Well, I won't go any higher need, up. You don't need to. <laughs> leave it there. Yeah, I leave it there. But also, Cardinal Manzani did get persecuted by the church. Your comments in the oh, yes. Peter Square yes, he did. identified yes, that. He said, and that actually true. hurt him even more, as you just said, yes. for the reasons you just gave. Yes. But I mean, his his problems in the beginning yeah. came from without. Oh, absolutely. Ultimately, ultimately, he was asked to taste what real betrayal was. Yeah. And it was his own church betrayed him. Yes, you got it. Absolutely. Father, I want to yeah. talk a little bit about another saint, Blessed Carl of Austria. Uh, and I know you know about him. Uh, and the reason I'm bringing these saints up for us is because we're living in times right now where we need role models. And um, personally, I think Bishop Sheen... Um, his beatification uh, got held up because of problems in the church. It had nothing to do with his his actual life. But these are the times we're living in, and we need good role models. 
And I'd like to ask, after we give a little brief description of Blessed Carl of Austria, why he's also a good role model for us today in the I've got I've got to tell you I got to tell you a quick story that I that I've, I've forgotten for for decades. <laughs> That's good. I love it. It just just it just came to mind right yeah. now that you're talking uh Saint Philip Neri. Oh yeah. Marvelous man, the, the the saint of a sense of humor. Yes. Right? Yes. He had a joke for everything, right? And and he converted many people, brought people back to the faith by good humor. Father, hold the story. Hold the story. It's going to be, I love teasers like this. St. Philip Neri, we got a good story about him. We got to hear that. Also, I just want to remind people, Father Charles Murr, I don't get a dime out of this, but I I love, I like the truth coming out for our faithful and that. I recommend that you get Murder in the 33 Degree uh, that uh, Father Charles Murr put together. It's called the Gagnon Investigation into the Vatican regarding Freemasonry. And boy, this is a book that opens many people's eyes. So you can call us at 877-526-2151. You can uh, go online to vmpr.org and order it right online. We want you to get this book. We also want you to get Bishop Snyder's book on the Catholic Mass. Why is that? These are books. I don't put every kinds of books on the website. I have like three or four. Why? Because you need to read good, holy books that will inform you on the perennial teachings of the church. Bishop Snyder does that. Father Murr tells it all when his book, Murder in the 33 Degree. We'll be back about St. Philip Mary when we come back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. We've got Father Charles Murray's talking about a great story of St. Philip Neri. And Father, I turn it to you. I can't wait to hear this story. Oh, this, it, it's, a, it's a good story. It's it. a good story. Yeah. There, there was, uh, in, in, in St. Philip Neri's canonization pause. Okay. All right. They're, can, they're choosing whether to canonize him a saint or not canonize him a saint. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of opposition mm-hmm. to, his, to his cause. Because he was funny, <laughs> so he got, was humorous. Yeah, he was he, 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 he was entertaining. Exactly. And this is the way he called people to God. Well, many there were many there were many uh, uh, people in the church at that time who thought this was a sign of of not being a saint. Yeah. Right. Right. That's it. Anyway, the long and the short of it came down to the Pope asked for a vote of, of a vote, and they did this with. White and black balls, right? You held you held one in, in your hand and a purse, a, a, a leather purse or a or a, 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 vi- a velvet purse was handed around and you dropped one in. Well, the one cardinal who dropped a black ball, mm-hmm. right? This is the from we get the saying black ball. Okay, right? right into the into the into the pouch that was going around. As soon as he did that, and this was from his own admittance. Saint Philip Neri appeared to him, <laughs> appeared in front of him, yeah. in front of everybody else, and did this. Ah! So, so, so now I know why Philip Neri's nickname is God's Clown. There you are. I didn't. There you are. Okay. So one one of the things that he did was he, every once in a while he would shave only half of his face. Oh my gosh! And and the children would say, "You forgot to shave." Oh, I forgot. You know, he would make a a big thing out of it. It was a joke. Yeah. 
There's a beautiful place. If you ever get to Rome again, yes. hopefully we will, and under better times and yes. circumstances. On the Janiculo Hill, there is the, the, the old oak tree. It's still standing where he used to teach catechism to the wow. kids of Rome. Wow. It's, it's still there. It's That's beautiful. Awesome. That's awesome. And, 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 a, and, a, and a great man, a great man. Now, Charles Carl, yes, I Carl. call him Charles of Austria. Yes. Also a, a great man. When they're talking about his beatification, yes. already beatified and canonization, what the, what the church is trying to show and what people are trying to show is great men and great women have become great saints. Amen. Right? This is not just, you don't have to be uh, living in squalor. You don't have to be uh, living in poverty uh, or chastity or be, chastity, yes, but not in the, not in the sense of a religious a religious right. vow. Right. To be a saint. Right. This man was emperor of 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 Austria of of, of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, uh, the most powerful man, a Habsburg, right in in the world at the time. He became a saint. Sanctity is possible. Everyone has a possibility for it. One of the things that I enjoy most about his life, first of all, he lived a saintly life. He really, truly did. He was a man of prayer. Right. He was a man of a very, of very deep faith. He did nothing without considering the will of God right. and, and the will of, of the church, because he took the church at that time, you could believe the church yep. to be the, the will of God. He took all of that into account. And ruled ruled properly this way. He also was a wise, wise enough man to have married very well. Yeah, that's always he married good. very well. And I don't when I say he married very well, I don't mean he he married somebody wealthy. Yeah. I mean he married a fantastic woman. Exactly, Zita of Parma. Uh, the Empress Zita died when I was in Rome, and her her funeral was fantastic. It was fantastic. I, 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 I've got to tell you this. It was, one of the, it was impressive to watch. We watched it on, on television. They, they took her, her remains, her body, after, after waking and everything else, to, uh, to the cathedral of, uh, uh, of Vienna, mm -hmm. St. Stephen's. They get to the cathedral, and there's this whole procession of people and the coffin. And they're about to go into the church. The doors of the of the cathedral are closed, solidly okay. closed. One of the men outside takes a baton and strikes the door as if knocking yeah. to the cathedral. From inside the cathedral door, you're seeing this from outside, from inside, who is it? And then a scribe. All, the, all in uniform and everything else says, it is, it is I, Zita, uh, Zita Bourbon de Parma, Empress of Austria, Empress of Hungary, Empress of this, Empress of that, yeah. du, Duquesa of this, Duquesa of that. It goes on for two minutes solid with her titles. Wow. wow. Right? Just titles. And the answer from inside the door is, we don't know you. <laughs> Really? Again, rapping on the door. Yeah. Who is it? Zita. <laughs> Zita, Empress, bup, 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 all the titles again. And the and the titles are impressive. Yeah. Again, from inside, the voice of a man saying, We don't know you. 
Finally, a third time, the rap on the, on the door, boom, boom, boom. Who is it? And the answer is Zeta, a sinner. Wow. Wow. And the doors are, and the okay. doors are open. That makes sense. Yeah. What a I'm, great story. I'm telling, I'm telling you, it was, uh, it, to me, it was one of the most beautiful things that, I, that I'd seen in, in a long time. Yeah. Zeta, a sinner. Wow. Well, yes, we're, we're, we're open for business. Well, some people said that he was known as the uh, peace emperor because he, he tried to really bring World War II to an end. But, you know, when I read his story, it was the president of the United States that wanted him to uh, abdicate and leave the country. Uh, and I think it was the king of Spain that let his family come in uh, for him to have a place to stay. But uh, I'm wondering, Father Murray, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Did the Masons have something to do with this? I think the Masons had a lot to do with anything. Yeah. I think they have a lot to do with everything. I think, I think, uh, but what? First, first of all, the president of the United States and other presidents of France, what have you, yeah. uh, didn't want monarchy. Exactly. Right? They hated monarchy. Why did they hate monarchy? For a number of reasons, but one of the principal reasons they hated the monarchies, especially in Europe, is because they were Catholic. Yeah. Let's call it for what or, it yep. or or they were Orthodox. They were Russian Orthodox or, or Greek Orthodox, but they were they were Orthodox Catholic. They were Orthodox Christians. Mm -hmm. That's intolerable. We can't tolerate that. And so this is the reason. This is the reason they wanted his, him to abdicate. And uh, and the world had changed. And the world is modern. And the world is dem democratic. It's yep. not uh, monarchical. So this this was it. Uh, when he saw that there was when, when he saw that there was no hope of, of anything else, rather than cause another war by yeah. him staying, right, he abdicated in the name of peace. Wow. Well, one of the things I thought was really powerful is when he was dying, he called his son to come to the the room where he was dying. He said, "Son, I want you to see how." Uh, a king will actually die. In other words, you be, you, he would not uh, compromise his promise he made regarding his role that he was playing. And so I think that he's a good model for us, especially, and this is my take, Father Murr, that when we do have some persecution, even from the church, we have to stay focused on Jesus Christ. I show you this crucifix. Why? Because that's who we worship. We don't worship a pope, a bishop, or a priest. And so I want to just encourage our listeners to stay focused on uh, our Lord in these times of confusion. Am I onto something? Uh, I think you're onto you're on something great. And, uh, and I'll tell you, let me give you another example of that. Let me take St. Peter in the boat. Okay. They're out fishing. A storm comes up. All of a sudden, can you just imagine yourself in this situation? All of a sudden, walking on the water, who does he see but our Lord and Savior? Yeah. His Lord and Savior. Amen. Particularly. And he says to Christ, let me come to you. Bid me, call me to walk on the water and come to you. And you can imagine our Lord. Oh, yeah. And he says, certainly come. And Peter starts walking on water. Yeah. Now, can you just, just imagine that even if it happened for five, I don't know, four seconds. Sure. Three seconds that you're walking on water. Yeah. But Peter did something that we all do. And this is exactly what you're talking about, Terry. Mm -hmm. Peter started looking around. 
Yeah. Oh my God, the waves are getting higher. The wind <laughs> is stronger. Oh, uh, what's happening here? And he took his eyes and his focus off Christ. Amen. Amen. And started looking around at the problems. He started looking at every reason for which he could not walk on water. Yeah, <laughs> that's well said. Well said. And he started. And he started sinking. Yeah. He yeah. started sinking, and our, our Lord grabs him and saves him. Yeah. But this is this is what we've got to do right now. Yeah, these are horrible times in the Catholic Church. They are. They're they're, they're horrible. They're catastrophic. They're catastrophic, Terry. I'm giving you no, my word and, and the word of many priests. I many agree. priests who are afraid who are afraid afraid to talk. Catastrophic times. What do we do? Yeah. Well, we look at the deposit of faith. Amen. We remember the creed. We remember all of the dogmas that we have as Catholic and hold dear to us. Yes. And we hold on to them. Yes. That's that's our faith. Our faith is in that. Amen. We also have to remember something else. I've said it on your program before. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is, if you will, president of this church. Amen. <laughs> He's the head of this church. Right. The Pope is at best a vice president okay christ christ runs the church we listen to him first and if anyone tells me if anyone tells me that i should not listen to christ and i should listen elsewhere i don't listen elsewhere right i don't listen elsewhere i listen to what christ said what christ teaches and the truths that he's already given to the church. That's what I listen to. Well, well said. I say it this way. The Pope is the vicar of Christ, not the superior of Christ. Father, can we get a blessing from you, please, for our audience? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dominus vobiscum. Et cum spiritu. Et cum spiritu duo. Benedicat vos omnipotens Deus Pat, filius spiritus sancti, shendus super vos, et manet semper. Amen. Amen. God bless Terry. Thanks, Father. Remember, everybody, Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell. Because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. This is a Friday. Make some sacrifice for the salvation of souls. Even the souls of those hierarchy that are leading us astray. Yeah, pray for them. We do it every Thursday here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. And if I, if Jesse was here, I'd say, Jesse, what state should we be living in? And Jess would say, the state of grace. You got it. And how do we do that? <laughs> Stay close to Jesus and the sacraments. Get the confession. Get your visits. Pray that daily rosary right now. The world is in desperate need of peace. And Our Lady talked about the rosary as the peace plan. May God richly bless you and have a great weekend. And we'll see you again, God willing, on Monday, same Christ station, same Christ time. Thanks, Father. God bless you. Thank you.